excel in the spiritual, so I'm going to attempt that. And then we're going to do some singing, which I hope will be spiritual as well. <clears throat> the thing that came to mind was, it seems like we're in quite a war anymore. <laughs> Every time you turn around, somebody has a, spirit, a, fa- a fairly physical, a very serious physical need. Maria happening, what, what happened to her this week, and then Vicki, and just on and on and on. And sometimes it feels like we're getting beat down. But God does have a plan for us, a purpose for us. He's looking out for us. And we just have to just keep relying on Him and going forward. So with that, let's go forward in the sanctuary.
I have uh, what I think uh, is an important exhortation for us. This isn't a word because the shift to drop a lot of the uh, top-heavy direction uh, that I, I call move-itis, but it could be and is everywhere in the Christian church universal, okay? Because they look for some leader that got uh, traditions that they adhered to more than than the, the breath of God himself. So please just hear this. Uh, <laughs> you know, Steve is uh, a ministry and, and all over this room, they're veterans, right. you know? Uh, I looked, I mean, I don't know how long Rebecca's been, Becky Ritchie's been, I can't call her Becky you know, when she's probably over 50. Rebecca, uh, there are several here, but at any rate, um, please try to understand this. The early church gathered, and it was in simplicity, okay? And there came, you know, as things roll along, the enemy tries to join you. I mean, I, I'm trusting that you understand that. And, and to some degree, you know, we, we, we've talked about a family meeting as far as, uh, um, you know, what's our order, when do you wear pants, you know? Or, you know, do you shave your eyebrows or can you come in and cowboy? You know, it never ends in regard to the manufacturing junk that the enemy wants to lay on us so we can argue. Okay? Anybody want to say amen to that? And we are a family. We're called to the same goal, to be pleasing to God. And so I, I want to say this, as far as I'm concerned, and if any of the elders, feel free. We can go into a family meeting today, I don't, it's, but I don't think we need to. Uh, somebody has a word that God gave. And I remember when uh, Emerson William came to me and he said, Grandfather, why should the women always be the ones in the kitchen? And I said, help yourself. And so he came in for a little, I don't know what he did. The kitchen would know I didn't take a record on it. But everyone in this room is called of God, okay? There's, and, and we, we've kind of said over the years, we don't want share and tell and somebody giving, you know, hours of uh, what God did in me or what I know. I mean, we want it to be not so much from you, not at all from you, but from God to you, and, and then you're, you know, a genuine messenger. So everyone here is free. I mean, Richard isn't here. I, I felt I saw him this morning. He was in the room. I mean, he, he's standing before uh, people in a memorial service back there, and he, bless his heart, he was very kind 
to, to the man who just passed because he had been very significant in his life and he's going there with the families, with his mom, his two uh, mothers, his mother-in-law and his mother and his brother. He's got a lot going there. And, uh, and so I don't, you know, if he, if I, I call him, try to get him on the phone, I said, what's going? You know, I would have said, what's happening, Richard? Why are you so prominent? Well, I told his wife, I think it's, he's, he's just crying out for help. I'm going into a thing and this guy uh, that he loved uh, kind of stopped. He went and went on and on and he said, nah, I'm not going there. But that doesn't change your love for people you know, okay? But we are, if, if there's anything we could do, and this would be, you can tell me to go fly and I, you know, anywhere. You don't have to receive what isn't real to you, okay? But I think the highest for us is to leave freedom for everyone. And that's dangerous, I don't mean license, but we've got, we've got five, six, seven, 10, 15 men and women who are, who are laying their lives out every day and work, you know? And they also have a thought about what goes on here. And we don't hear from them. They kind of leave it to the authority knows or the elders might know. And we don't know. Okay? We have to go the same way everybody goes to get this. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm angry or I'm not. I'm just saying, can we believe? I mean, wouldn't it be significant because... This family and, and this world that we're in, it sure looks grim to me in terms of any hope of normalcy. When people talk about, well, I think things are coming back to, I was on the phone with Basilica today and he told me that everybody at Uppsala has the, the COVID. You know, and somebody was laughing when I shared it. He said, well, that's out of, that's out of vogue. You don't get COVID anymore and nobody cares. Well, well, no, but if you're the one who has it, there's care. And our heart, the end of the commandment is love from a pure heart and you're sealing to give ears to God. Um, I, I, don't, I don't do this a lot and I'm, I don't like ministry to do it and I don't want to do this. I'll just say this. If the oil circumstance isn't changed and it won't, it doesn't look like it's immediate. We have some insanity in uh, Washington, D.C. and around the world that's trying to choke the life out of the church. And God is standing back to see where we are. Right? And if your concern or my concern is more of me and the babies. You know, I, I look at these little ones that have come and they're fun and they're wonderful and then they grow up. I mean, Carson and Jackson are gonna be running this place someday if, if they ever get a chance, you know. Somebody says, uh-oh. <laughs> but please, everybody in the room, you get on your face and God speaks something to you it is relevant about our direction. Take over. 
I mean, the early church and the church that I began in myself was just a handful of people in a living room, you know? And somebody got up and somebody said, yeah, well, that was good. Or at least I've seen that, you know? I was with a bunch of Roman Catholics in the early days of stuff. And it's amazing how much those people knew and how much they gave up. They were a part of a, a, a what they call an afterglow. 16,000 charismatic Catholics were speaking in tongues and the whole world says, tan, 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 tan. Well, <laughs> and so they let them have an afterglow. And I went to those afterglows and I saw a lot of major ministries across the, the United States and the world who came through. Uh, Mission San Luis Rey. And I found out later a couple of Catholic girls had fasted and prayed because they said, this guy is, is a wild pitch. He needs help, talking about me. Two of my students, they were, they were a general and a colonel's daughters. And they say, this teacher of ours, my God, God needs to help him. And so they got on knees and prayed for me, and I don't, you know, they said they did. That's the word that came back. But you are God's instrument, okay? And, and you know, you, we have faithful people here who are steady every day, you know. <laughs> we haven't had any of the girls say, you know, when they were on kitchen, uh, I don't want to. I'm not doing that anymore. You know, they've been faithful and, and um, accountable. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and please understand, the, the shift, and, and I, it, I don't believe it's just my, my orientation. I believe it's God. The shift is to a, a swarm of those who are connected with one another and feel that freedom in the spirit is significant. Now, let me, let me give you a, 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 a hypothesis or you know, a, a possibility. Let's suppose, let's suppose that we're surrounded and they're gonna come in and cut us off from having services or we have to take our children to school. One day, I, I was talking about, I said this, and I said, if we should be willing to go to jail if the government tells us our children have to go to public schools. Now, in those days, it didn't look as egregiously crazy as it is today. Now, I've got evidence how nuts the system is, you know, okay? And when I said that, we had a wise guy who said, well, what would I wouldn't be helpful for my kids if I were in jail. Well, that wasn't exactly the point. It's a good one, it's a natural response, but if we're not willing to die when we know there's no death, if we're not willing to die when we know that <laughs> the, 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 the the, the Lord's servant tasted death for all men and there's no such thing. I mean, why do you think we can be so casual, in a sense, to speak into to a situation of, of, of dying people? 
You are a ministry. And it's possible that God would send an angel to you and speak to you and say, get up, go and call Richard or David or <laughs> uh, call somebody. <laughs> Please uh, call one of the, call somebody who will speak because this is the message that I have for you. Okay? Because I don't, I'm not thrilled about all the wonder that the men of yesterday did when I am in the middle of, of, a, of my today and I, I don't see any of the same resonance and help. Because if the oil situation goes completely, uh, the grid goes, the uh, food goes, uh, we, you know, we live close enough to water, but uh, without heat, we'll be out in, uh, in the streets or out in the fields cutting wood trying to stay warm. I'm not afraid of that. God has an answer. But if we as a family do not see who we are and that we're free to hear from above and if our fix isn't on the mystery of godliness and his capacity to get us through he is not going to do this on his own okay he will do whatever is in front of us with people why not us why not you if you keep looking for somebody over the horizon, there's so many people that say, have you heard this guy? Have you heard this guy? Now, and you know, I listen and I, sometimes I go there, but who I want to hear is the breath of God in my ear who will tell me where we are. Can't, somebody, I thought I was only 10 minutes. What, did the clocks do something? Was there a change? The magic? Anyway, please understand. You're free. If God gives you something, you may make a mistake. Uh, when I walked, I, I was up here early this morning. It was five something. And I came out of the bathroom. I looked over in that curtain and it looked like Greenleaf was sitting there. And I've had those experiences before. And I want to know what he was doing about that time. I should have put it down. And that's why I got on the phone and called him. You know, he may just be saying, I'm going into a memorial service. I got to say something they've asked me to help. Well, Richard, you got it. Amen? He will give you help. I mean, he's on the phone most of the time checking out what's going on, what's going on here and there. And uh, so, but I just didn't know. And we have to follow those things. I picked up the phone for a lot of people and I, you know, maybe 10, out of 10, maybe four of them were just dead on. I mean, Basilica, who, 
for a long time. We were back and forth, back and forth. And I'd pick up, I'd go to the phone to call him and it would ring. And you've had those experiences, have you not? But if you're, if you're still stuck on, well, we've got to wait for the authority. The authority is on you. People, someone said to me the other day, uh, so-and-so is our covering. That's false teaching. The Spirit of God is your covering. There's nobody here that's going to make you do anything. Okay? If they do, give a yell. They might say, ah, not a good idea. Uh, we, you know, we don't want you to come to your wedding in a uh, bathing suit. You know, we think, yeah, our, our tradition is to, you know, put more clothes on. Uh, well, I, I, I've got a bathing suit I want to wear through it. I'd say, well, yeah, well, you understand. When we're talking about liberty, we're talking about confirmation and, the, and, and, and something that seems so sure, you know. And, and God help us to, to realize that. There's nobody in here that has to wait to be invited, okay? I think that's enough. I'm, I'm sorry to take this much time, so help me. I looked at the clock and the, the big hand was on seven or eight. And I, uh, and I said, well, I've had 10 minutes. I didn't want to take this long. But uh, either I'm losing it or I just can't uh, see the clock. Could be both. Right. Bow your heads. Father God. We thank you that uh, uh, when we sing, we're in a way we've never been before. We sang it and sang it and didn't have a clue. Today, we know that's true. And so please infuse every vessel here. There's limitations and there's specific callings, of course. But everybody is, is growing to a place of the Son of God. And if we could inundate the religious nonsense of tradition that keeps us stuck and without the traction to go forward in a love relationship with you who's given us every possibility to do that. Forgive us, great God, and please help us. Amen. Sorry, you weren't dismissed. Uh, thank you for all your prayers yesterday for Maria. She's doing better. Um, was, <laughs> I never witnessed it before, but <coughs> I used to think... Um, Coffee was the elixir of the gods, but actually it's morphine. <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing chance, amazing change as soon as she got that. You know, she was in a lot of pain all night. And so.
So I think she's going to be okay. Um, but do appreciate all your prayers. Uh, got texts and phone calls from all over the place, people praying. So appreciate the family that genuinely cares. Uh, I think Bill said this the other day, and I think I'd said it um, maybe last week or sometime that the the thought of the burden of you producing a family here isn't on you. It's God's burden. It's God's idea. And that's it's something we submit to. It's not something we fabricate or make happen. It, God's got a family that he's building. Well, how's he doing that? Well, he's doing it because he has the ability, power, <laughs> authority to do that. And he's doing it regardless of our particular proclivity. Uh, the problem with proclivities are that they change. Uh, one day you think, yeah, that person really needs to be a part of my family. And then the next day you say, that person does not need to be a part of the family. Um, and actually you get to the point finally where you say, I don't need to be a part of the family. You know? so, after, so really the best thing to do is find yourself in a place of submission to actually what God is doing. And, um, and what God is doing... Uh, is important for us to know about because, uh, and I appreciate what Bill was saying about ministry, that you're all ministry. The, you know, the Bible does say in Ephesians 4 that he's given all these gifts to men. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That was a revelatory uh, message many years ago, uh, the five-fold ministry, and uh, it was a big deal. Um, but really, that whole passage there, you've got to read the whole thing. It says until, or it says till. And it's, it's, uh, we get stumbled at times over the years. I heard, you know, with uh, the man he puts in charge, all of us. And, and, and because we thought it was an eternal program, and it isn't an eternal program. It's a temporary program of help that God established till we all. Come uh, to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and come to the full stature of Christ. That's what's really going on. And that is the transition that every one of us is, is in. And that's what Brother Bill's talking about this morning, is that every one of you is a ministry of Christ, is a ministry to God through Christ. You have a place in Christ. Uh, and I keep wanting to say that. The life you now live is Christ. Now. And um, and I've been think I was thinking about this because um, you know the things that come up in our lives um, <clears throat> we don't you know we don't always get it right you don't you know I, I didn't understand uh, yesterday I had events I had things planned one thing was sleeping <laughs> I had a plan for sleeping us. Uh, Thursday night when I went to bed and I had confirmation for the plan because I hit the pillow and went to sleep and I, I knew it was of God that I was sleeping. Um, but then of course that all got interrupted and the whole day got interrupted and, and all that and, and you don't always know why all those things. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. You look at situations and sometimes we're very flippant. Well, they just need to do this and that just needs to happen and da 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 and you and I evaluating immaturity isn't necessarily, it's not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, I know we kind of added it in. 
but it isn't. Uh, that's just observation. Um, but I know I found out part, you know, part of the reason it happened yesterday for me, which is important to find out, you know, and wasn't anything new, and I'm not going to share it. <laughs> Too bad for you. And Maria doesn't like to share either, so be careful when you quiz her, you know. She'll, I know a lot of you want to know exactly what was going on. <laughs> um, and I know most of it's out of care, and some of it is out of nosiness. I, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but, um, but I know she came by it honestly, really. Um, and I'm not saying Hannah's side of the family, I'm saying my side. I don't, you know, I don't want to advertise all my difficulties. Um, but because we are all a ministry, uh, there's a responsibility, um, which is really, I, it is the greatest occupation we should be in. I, I hate the, the <clears throat> there is a giant vacuum <clears throat> called trivia that we get sucked up into. And, and sometimes that's like, um, when we talk about order and dress code, um, I don't mean that there aren't things that we should live by. And, and <laughs> unfortunately, Bill's had a bathing suit at the wedding, and so all of us are trying to control our thoughts because I was, I was having images. That would be awkward. Um, I, for one, am thankful for clothes. Um, mm. Actually, there are people, I've been on the beach, like I was in Portugal, we are on the beach, and I just, like, it blows my mind why people don't appreciate clothes more. Really. <laughs> they should. I mean, it's not, it's not lust. It's an eradication of lust. And, and you know, anyway. It was very upsetting on occasion, because you just want to tell them. Or just bring a blanket. Walking backwards like Noah's good sons did. Um, but um, there are things that are, you know, I mean, obviously there are things we, we, we live together and so we can't just have a free-for-all. But, but there is a vacuum, a giant vacuum of trivia that we get sucked up into. And that's why sometimes these topics take so long and, and, and they occupy us with uh, my view, your view, and all that. We're not ha there's not a unity of the soul. It's unity of the spirit. That's how we get together. And, and what is the burden of the spirit? What is the spirit speaking to us? What is really of essence for us in our relating? And, uh, and that is re really what's, what's important. And, and it says, the in Proverbs 25, too, that the glory of God is to conceal a matter. But it's the honor of kings to search it out. And, and I, I, I think how important it is, if you are a ministry, you have an occupation. And the occupation is to find out the way that leads to life. And the Bible says in Matthew 7, right, that Narrow and straight is the, is the gate, is the way that leads to life. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. And most people find the broad way, right? Uh, and it says few find the narrow way. And um, I, I think you ought to say, Lord, 
I want to be a part of the few that find this way to life. And um, it's not a... um, Because what's really of significance is that... um, Not that all the things that we do as a community aren't important and, and being a part and all those things and occupying, you know, the occupations we do in the beautiful serving that happens all the time here, all the time. It, all, it happens always. Uh, so much so that in our culture, someone not serving uh, really sticks out. Right? If someone says, I don't want to serve, even though I don't, I mean, all of us have felt that on certain days, but if someone just says that, I don't, you know, and sometimes people come here that had never grown up here or, or in that atmosphere, they, and they find it odd. I think we had a girl come here this summer, and I'm not picking on her, she's a young girl, but she just was, she called home because they make you work here. And, and that's a funny, well, it's, that's what happened, right? But that's a weird thing to us, right? I'm sure it was a weird thing to even her peers. Like, what? What's your problem? Um, you know, of course we do. We live on a farm, um, and there's things to be done. Uh, but, but there's a, the, you know, there's an atmosphere where, where uh, if you don't serve, it kind of sticks out. But um, all those things are great. But what, what actually must go on in our hearts is that you and I, in in the life that you have right now, in the life that you're walking in, in the in the family that you are walking with, and the the spouse, the, the children, the environment, the health issue, whatever the environment you find yourself in, you must find that path of life. And I must find it. You understand? I must find the influence of the Spirit of God in what, what He's doing with me. I must find that. If I don't find it, there's, um, there's a lot going on that is insignificant. If, if I don't find what it is to be, live in the life that God has provided, um, then I'm missing the whole point. We're missing the point. And it would, be, it would be ungrateful for us, for all that God has provided, for us to miss the whole point. That would be the height of ungratefulness. That would be the height of unthankfulness. The greatest act of thankfulness is to find out what it is, God, for me to walk in life. The life that you've provided. What is that in the environment that you've provided? In, in my, my difficulties. And God knows my difficulties. I wish you, sometimes, I, don't you wish you wouldn't bring them up? Have you had these conversations with God? I hope you have. That You say, Lord, you know I'm not good at this. Why do you keep bringing it up? And, and you know, I, I say that lightly, but that's, a, that's not a fun event. We keep bringing up the same kind of thing, and you, and, <laughs> and some, you find yourself... Even though you maybe made some prayers in the morning and said, Lord, I'm yours. For the next 30 seconds, I am yours. And then he brings up where, you're, where you have failed and failed and failed. He brings it up. Why? So I say, Lord, I got to find 
what it is to be Christ. What is it to be Christ? Uh, there's something that's upsetting me that I wrote in my notes, and that is partial, uh, partial overcoming or partial dying. And I, and I hate to even say it. It's very uncomfortable to say it because I've done a lot of partial dying, which means I've improved a little bit, right? Well, let me tell you this. I didn't say what was on my mind. I could get the same results with a roll of duct tape. <laughs> but that's a far cry from the life of the Spirit of God working in me, right? That's not what God's after. He's, he, he, I mean, I don't know. It's, I'm not negative about restraint around here. <laughs> I mean, I think it helps a little. Um, but that's not partial dying and partially over. I've partially overcome. Yeah. It kind of has a creepy feeling about it because you understand that it's not about partial anything, right? It's about coming to the fullness of the stature of Christ, the fullness of that. Do you understand? So anything else. And so what you and I should be occupied with is, Lord, can you bring me into what it is, what, where Christ is in this and my, and my position in Christ? And there's a wonderful passage uh, in Job 28. And maybe we could read that, I guess. I don't, I, I guess. I don't want, I, I don't want to uh, not be very much longer if I can. And, and it says, uh, it talks about all the things that, uh, verse 7 of 28, there is a path, Job 28, 7, there is a path which no fall knows and which vulture's eye hasn't seen. And it goes on. It's, all, it's really a good, good chapter. Verse 12, but where shall wisdom be found? Where's the place of understanding? Man doesn't know. Um, it goes on, um, it's, it's more valuable than anything, uh, gold, and it lists all these precious stones, and it says then 20, where then is this place of wisdom, and where is the place of understanding, seeing it's hid from the eyes of all living? Um, then 23 says, God understands where it is. He knows the place where it is. Um, and then the last verse and I'm, I, I just want to abbreviate it. So read the whole chapter yourself because it's a good chapter. And it says, And unto man, he says, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that in fact is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. And, and, and um, <clears throat> really that's a picture. Job came to that, right? About 14 chapters later. And um, because he said, he, finally he got to 42. He said a lot of things. You got in on Job's prayer life, right? I appreciate mine in the closet. I don't want a chapter in the Bible or books in the Bible. Do you realize what he said? Then I could be an example for, you know, centuries like Job was about things not to say, right? <laughs> things not to do. And, and, and that's a little bit silly because the reality is 
we all say the wrong thing. Um, we just do. Um, and he got to the point, though, and you see what the fear of the Lord is and what it is to depart from evil. And, and Job says, I, I, I was talking about stuff I didn't understand. I, I, and he said two things. I repent. I abhor myself, for one. And then I repent in dust and ashes. You know what that was? That was Job humbling himself after the process that he'd gone through. You know, I think the one thing that we can do, and it seems to me more and more it's the only thing I can do, because I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's not that I haven't tried to fabricate Christ. I have. And I end up with partially overcoming and partially dying. And, but the one thing that Job did do, and he came to that point by the Spirit, was that he humbled himself. And he said, look, I, I thought I had some answers. And I don't have any answers to this. I, I was talking about what I didn't know. Um, and not only that, I abhor the fact that I said all the things I've said. Isn't it great when your kids bring back what you said at a certain phase in your life? Isn't that a pleasant moment? Or other members of the body come to you and say, you know what you said to me one time? Please. <laughs> and of course you say, are you sure I said that? <laughs> what was the context? Uh, the context was idiocy, as a matter of fact. Um, and uh, so in order to find the place, in order to find this path that no foul knows but God knows, is you have to come to the place where you humble yourself and you say, Lord, and I can't tell you how many times God must walk you through that and walk me through that. There's a repetitive process that God must take every single one of us to, so that we, we say, I don't know. And I think I know still, God, I, I don't know. <clears throat> um, because he, the, the nature of Christ is not that you can do powerful miracles, and change everything and walk on water uh, except I did tell them down in Peru that Abel and I do that for about six months out of the year it's, that's partially overcoming for those of you who do not understand the water's frozen some of you looked at me that wasn't what do you mean about that I, yeah the water's frozen so yeah, it's not as much of a it's not as much of a miracle. It is it's a it's pretty good, but it's not as much a miracle that when you walk on it when it's frozen. Um, but um, the nature of Christ is this that you humble yourself. That is the essence of the nature of Christ that you humble yourself under. That's what it means to live for me to live as Christ is to humble under the hand of God. 
not just as an event that you can point to and give testimony, but it's a life that you live now of humbling yourself under the hand of God. That's what you see with Jesus Christ, right? And that's what you see with Job at the end. You even see it. Uh, there's a great thing if you want to study Ahab's life because he was, God even called him at one point. I won't read it. Uh, we don't have to turn. I think it's in 1 Kings, maybe 21. Ahab was the, he kind of conveys that Ahab was the worst, which I always found that amusing. Because we like to say everybody's bad, but God said Ahab was the worst. And he was making a point with, he didn't say that? Yeah, he did. Um, Elijah wrote it. <laughs> um, but actually, I think what was going on was that God was dealing with Elijah in the passage. Um, and because Ahab came to the point after the word of the Lord came to him of destruction and everything else, that Ahab humbled himself and it said he walked softly and I maybe put on sackcloth and ashes. And God says, hey, Elijah, come here for a minute. And he said, hey, do you see how Ahab has humbled himself? I mean, I think, you know, I don't know, you know, God's dealings with Ahab. I mean, he didn't bring the, the uh, destruction in his day. But, you know, he, you know, he certainly didn't have a big track record. I don't, I don't know what happened after that. But I do know this. God was making a point with Elijah. Right? Why? He wanted to show him what kind of a father he was when a, a, a creature, a, a man, a human, humbles himself. He says, Elijah, come here. Would you take a look at this? Maybe Elijah had some bitterness in his heart about Ahab. I don't know. Maybe he hated Ahab. I really don't know. God was making a point, though. Would you look at this? Humility, Elijah. This is important. Take note, underline it. So he takes the guy that he first in the passage says the worst and he shows him that in a condition where he humbles himself and it, and it means something. And that's what means something to walk in Christ is that you and I humble ourselves under the hand of God. Um, <clears throat> the whole point in Philippians 2, if you want to read about the nature of, of Christ, he took upon the mind this, let this mind be in you. The mind of Christ is a mind of humility. It's a mind that humbles itself under. When you are crossed, and I, I said things in the morning when nothing's going on, when I'm by myself and I just had a good cup of coffee, I say a lot of things. And I might say I humble myself. But when it means something is when I'm crossed. I, you know that um, we, I don't, we don't necessarily say it, but we have kind of, I have kind of a image of what it is to, of humility. I'd like some soft music in the background. I'd like some loving friends surrounding me. Or um, I, you also notice like in the news, like if somebody uh, wins a lot of money in a lawsuit, it's not hard to humble yourself at that point because you have a million dollars now. And you say, you know what? 
Well, Rodney King said this. This is back in the 80s, probably. He said, well, he just got a settlement of some lots of thousands of dollars. He wasn't a good, nice person. I don't know if he was on the level of Ahab, but he was right up there. Um, and he said, we can all get along. After he just won all that money. I mean, those, I, you know, we have images of what, what the atmosphere should be like for us to humble ourselves. You know, Jesus, I know there's a lot of teaching about Jesus. When he was 12, right, he was in the temple. Didn't you know I should be about my father's business? But it seemed to me that Jesus maybe had a couple things to learn. That to be about his father's business, he had to go back to ne- down to Nazareth. Which the only thing we know about Nazareth is a place of no good thing. That's what the Bible says. And, and then he had to be subject to his parents. And his parents... Like, I don't want to be negative about Mary and, and Joseph, but they didn't know what was going on, necessarily. It says Mary hid these things in her heart, right? But they were the natural, uh, as natural as it could be with Jesus, the natural parents. It was natural mother, and it was his father in the place of a natural father, right? He had to submit to some natural authority. <clears throat> and there wasn't soft music, and there was events, and there was things that he had, to, he had to submit unto. And that's all it tells us from 12 to 30. That's all you know about. And, and, and don't be surprised at the environment that God provides for you and for me where I must humble myself. Because i got to humble myself with, where there's acid rock music playing in the background. If some of you like that, I'm sorry. I don't, I find it awful. Um, but there's, a, there's an environment that's uncomfortable. There's an environment that's, that gets you. I remember reading, I remember when my Nathaniel was little, he was a fear of most things. Like stepping on leaves because of the noise it made. Or, or a little fly uh, landed on his shoe. You know, and he'd say in utter horror that the bug was getting him, you know, is this big, right? And, and, uh, but it doesn't matter how big or how small it is, what gets you. Sometimes it's big things, but a lot of times it's just small things and you're actually embarrassed to announce them. Um, because you see the smallness, but still you're having the same reaction that it's getting you. And, um, God knows what gets you? And he knows what gets me. And he wants me to keep going there um, <clears throat> so that I know uh, that I really need to, <clears throat> if I'm going to be a king, I need to search out where this path of life actually is for me. <clears throat> Find out what Christ is, that place of humility, that place where I can humble myself when I am being crossed. And by the way, that what the cross is about, right? Being crossed. Get it? Kind of a, kind of a play on words there. <clears throat> so I just want to read one more passage, I think. <clears throat> so you look at what Jesus submitted to. Was he submitting to his father? Yeah, but, but there was a lot of things that didn't look like you expected to look like. Didn't look like the father. It wasn't just in his quiet time where he was submitting. That's not where I'm submitting, right? 
It means something. My submission means something when I'm not in my little quiet time where the environment is somewhat serene. So in John 8, <coughs> I really like this uh, story. Um, and I'll just uh, paraphrase, I guess. But in John 8, it's the story of when the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery to him. And they were trying to trap him, right? I think the legal term would be called entrapment. And um, they said, uh, <clears throat> he set him, he set the woman, they set the woman in his midst. Um, uh, they were trying to tempt him so they could find a place of accusation in verse 6. And he said, they said, you know, this woman needs to be stoned. Um, she was caught in the very act of adultery. And the first thing Jesus does is um, he, he acts like they don't talk and he stoops on the ground. And uh, so, and he writes in the sand apparently. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> and so I read the commentaries about that. And, and, and if you'd like a, just an amusing little list of things to read, you should look up the commentaries, what they say, because they, well, that's the, that's the end. Yeah, they don't, they don't know what they're talking about. And they need to read Job 42, but they don't. Um, and they list all these things that he could be writing. You know, I thought of one thing that you know, maybe he said if Jesus knew that God was going to invent guns 900 years later, maybe he asked his father to speed that up a little. Do you have a gun handy so I could shoot these people? I don't know. You ever have those thoughts that you want to get rid of them? These people need to be removed <laughs> from my environment. I don't know what he wrote, but it's in there. He stooped down. I, you know, I think it was just for us so we can see that Jesus didn't always have an immediate answer. To be Christ isn't always an immediate answer. You've got to humble yourself, get low, and say, what do you want? What do you want? And then he stood up and he said something and he went down again. Why? Because he didn't know what was going to happen, maybe. It said he stooped again. And you know what you got to love? You got to love the power and the glory of God to move through the Lord Jesus. And this is a picture uh, of the glory of God. I don't know, uh, and, and I was thinking about that while I was on the trip and preached the message about that. But this is such a picture for us. Jesus stooped down and he said, what do you want me to say to these creeps? And he got something and he stood up and he said it and he stooped down again because his condition didn't change just because God gave him something. <clears throat> and you know what happened? The glory and power of God was manifested because for one, he got out of, he, he was under the restraint of the spirit. That's one. He didn't say perhaps 
And if he walked in, in this life like you and I walk in, he had other things perhaps that came to mind. Because he knew the wretchedness of these individuals. Those are the movies I've liked over the years. I'm not recommending movies. I'm just saying when, the, when these obviously idiotic individuals approach, obvious bad guys, obvious bullies, obvious intimidators, uh, obvious self-aggrandizing, greedy, uh, what else can I say? Black mustaches. <laughs> mustaches in general. <laughs> if that's a word to you, take it this morning. Um, <laughs> they all get, the good guy comes into town and he, and he shoots them all. And if Jesus was tempted in all points like me, I know that he was desirous, perhaps, to eradicate the problem. But he, he humbled himself. He said, Father, what do you want? What do you want out of me? Because I don't know what to offer right now. I have some ideas that have come out of my soul, but that's not where I'm living. And, and he gave him that. And what you see is he, he, he was under the restraint of the spirit, one. Two. What he said actually convicted all those men in their own consciences. That wasn't because Jesus came up with the fancy words. It was because of the authority of the Spirit of God working with him because born out of humility, because Jesus knew he had nothing. And so the Spirit of God had the authority to touch those, those insensitive, callous men in their consciences. So they went out one by one. And then he looks up at the woman and he says, where are your accusers? And, and there are none. They were left alone. And, and he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He wasn't permissive about adultery. But God's interested in full eradication of a nature that is so contrary to him. All of it. So he stayed under. The men were convicted in their conscience and went out. The woman was uh, ran into the grace and mercy of a heavenly father for her and also was convicted of her sin. God is the only one that can do that. God's the only one that can do the whole package. He's the only one. And that's what God is bringing us to, that I am not the only one. I am even not, not even one that can do that. I can partially overcome and I can partially die, but it has nothing to do with the eternal purpose of God to bring forth a people that say, God, uh, I must find this path of life right here for me in my life, in my environment, with my stuff, with the stuff that gets me, I gotta find this path of life. That's our occupation. It's the glory of kings to seek that out, seek out the matter. Jesus said, unless a corn of wheat goes into the ground, it dies. I mean, it, it, and dies, it remains alone. Not partially dies, it remains alone. And what's the last thing you see in Jesus's life after the cross? is like the, the most profound, greatest increase that the world has ever seen. Right. <laughs> the greatest increase of that little corn falling into the ground. 
Jesus going continually, humbling himself, humbling himself, humbling himself. That's how we live. That's what it is to live in Christ. And the last thing, though, you see is God causing this increase that the world has never seen, a magnitude of which has never, ever appeared. And that's what God is interested in doing with all of his children. Amen. Um, I look around and this is a hard word that you just heard. It's a hard line. Not because it's uh, so inexplicable and you can't understand it. But, and please, I, I'm not going to take a toll. But David said this, and the most disarming and helpful thing that was said, if you got it, if you didn't get it, <laughs> ask God why. Why didn't you get it? And I, I'm going to suggest why you might not have got what he said. And that is because we've been on a whole different path of trying to achieve something that is impossible without the Spirit. Okay? And here it is. <laughs> to be Christ. That's what he said. I don't know the rest of the sentence because I was writing. And I see a lot of people here, you know, you may go for months and there are times when you really need to say, hey, what, what that, to be Christ, you can't, <laughs> anything else you try to be, you're a loser. Okay, and you're looking at one. You're looking at a, a individual who was under the tradition of men with spiritual influence. And I know a lot of people here don't like it. My wife fought me over it. There are people dotted through the room that say, oh yeah, but we, God did a lot of things. Of course, he always does. But you do not grow unless you know that you're a Christ. I want to say something else, and this is a confession. Please pray for me. I had a very good day praying for our sister, and I, I detest when death is about that we just kind of case sarah. You heard me say it. I'm not going to go over what I said the other day. Some of you weren't here. But I know what it is when women are in labor. I've been around it, and in the early days, I was in all the, the birthing times. And it is, you know, even with a, a drop curtain, you can hear the, the pain, the agony. And all I'm saying is, God, please, place on us, place on me. If, if four or five of us get it and ask God to do it in our prayer life, we'll get more than a, a change of God's intention regarding Kathy or other situations. Because the place is full of difficulty. And I talked to friends this morning uh, he, he can't even see his son. His son is, is in, uh, they've got him uh, in a coma because of strength in that. And he, he did almost die. I think he's going to come out of this. But please, for yourself, for us, in prayer, ask God to put a laboring woman, the heart and the drive of a great laboring woman, 
And, and, and something else as we close here. Uh, Betty and I saw the most uh, uh, despicable thing with a little four-year-old girl who just was cursing her mother. And I'm not gonna say the blasphemy, but I stood there and I was thinking this morning, I should have taken my wife, walked over, because later I looked in the face of the mother, you know, and she had a kindness in her face, and I don't know the details, and I, I don't know, but for you, you may not have cursed God, but when you ignore, considering what you know, over and over and over, it, it, it's not helping your program, okay? You can't be a good brother, you can't be a good father, you can't be a good sister, a mother, anything outside of the Holy Spirit. And David's point is lying <laughs> to be Christ. And in closing, let me just say this. There's only two major things that you're asked to do in an impossible situation. You're sitting where you sit today in an impossible situation where the Word says, the Bible says it, and we had to be careful there because there's some things it says and you say, well, gee, shouldn't that be like math? No. Just remember, you can search the Scriptures, but you don't find God in the Scripture. Okay? You don't open your Bible and He comes to you. We really need, I mean, that's what, that's what the Lord said to His Son. You search the Bible and you think you have life, but you won't come to Me. And so this thing of being Christ is coming to God and said, I believe you, I believe I've been born again. I really do believe you, Father, that, that of the fullness of Christ I've received. That's what the Bible says. It says all his fullness we have all received. And if you will live by that, and if I would live by it, you see, the, the possibility for growth is great. Um, two things. All you have to beg God to do, and, and it's work. Lord, let me offer today. I found myself, I go and I sit down at 4.30 in the morning, click on the machine there, and boom, pops up all this news. And I find myself being magnetized to the idiotic news that is only temporary. It's like going through a, a, uh, a hog pen full of defecation and being entranced compared to the, the kind of communion that God wants to have with us. And we're stuck very firmly on terra firma at times and we have been given wings to fly. So God help us do that. And, and, but you offer yourself, keep doing it, that's all you can do. And secondarily, and sometimes you can't even do that without the help of God. If you miss it, say, God, I didn't stay under. David mentioned it again and again, and we're going to keep mentioning it. Stay under and we'll be something. And then finally, it says labor. <laughs> Everything we said, you can't, can't do any work here. No, you can. You can say, please, God, please, Father, let me rest and not try to be some religious twitch or do something 
grandiose, do commercials. God, allow me to trust you in these things. You know, so. All right. Bless your hearts. Have a good day. And uh, the uh, remember, David referred to this too. When Jesus uh, left home and went on a little excursion, uh, we have to be careful there because people think that somehow uh, he didn't have to learn. He had 17 years when his mother went out and said, no, no, come home now, son, come home. I don't know what happened. I don't know how to label it. I wouldn't dare do it. And you notice everybody kind of uh, looks at that as though, uh, could it be that Jesus as a little boy had to learn something? You bet your life he did. And God, when Betty and I were there in the, in the airport, the presence of the Lord is everywhere. And that little, that little kid swinging at the mother and, and, and spitting the filthy things in her face, I, I thought, <laughs> she has a nurturing father that, that sees that and knows that's what we are because he fixed us. He knows what we're all about. And one of the great things that took place without anybody directing it, okay? Take this with you. Because you need to, you, sometimes you just need to get up out of your seat, come forward, speak the truth, and never be afraid because this is your family. This is your home. And nobody is gonna stop you unless you're, you know, having a, you're bleeding or something. But when, when Steve, for a long time, at lunch, he'd just get up and say, okay, nobody was there. There were elders all over the room. He didn't say, oh, can, is it okay if I get up? He saw that we needed to dismiss, and he did it. So when you see God moving or feel there's something not there, take your liberty for the love of God. We're not in some prison. God has given us forever to get this thing done. Well, I don't know about the time. I, I'm not sure of that. Thank you, Lord. Be with every vessel. Put prophecy in every heart of declaration that they will know that they've been filled, that they are Christ, and they can be Christ in every issue for his sake. Be with all the people that are suffering, Lord. And as we've said, fill Richard Fill his hands, fill his understanding that he can discern what's going on back there. And all of our folks that are out there and hunting or wherever they be, you're with them. Make yourself known for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's be dismissed.